0: despite being in a pandemic our lives are quite busy
1: or at least at least we like to think so a little bit (laughs) I mean I like to
0: think so I mean you definitely you're definitely
1: yeah you're definitely real busy like you're actual busy because you're like working and basically a teacher at this point so you're busy but I'm like trying to find busy things to keep myself busy with (laughs) if that makes sense right now I'm stalled with work so I'm like just looking for things to occupy myself in. So Take a I shot can, every time Sid says busy. Yeah. <laughs> you can just tell. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm that busy that my vocabulary has thinned out a bit. But um no, yeah. What have you what have you been uh busy with? Busy at with
0: this point both. in the show
1: if you're drunk, if you're keeping up with the game, but it's uh mostly
0: just masters i had to completely remove a portion of my thesis project and replace it with something else so i'm in the midst of researching that topic and getting in contact with people to help me flesh out like the hypotheses and then the experimental design as well so busy with that and yeah i'm still marking although i've
1: gotten really fast at marking now it's amazing yeah we were talking about that before so you gained uh A different perspective now playing like teacher and student you get a kind of like a whole field of view of of like a school kind of system now in a way
0: yeah being a teacher sucks a lot for well in my case well I just I just hate having so many students if it weren't for like me teaching like the bare bones biology course for first year university students then I'm sure to be enjoying it more but that's what it is hmm so it's just wow just so much overwhelming shit getting thrown my way after every class like i have to you know spend the next day still like in teacher mode because i get non-stop emails being like Ooh, oh man i hope students don't <laughs> find my instagram page and then find this podcast and listen to this yeah that'd be way too much. i was gonna say
1: that's that yeah you get it you You're into that territory now where Mm. you got to watch yourself a bit. No, I'm sure it doesn't matter. You got tenure, right? We're
0: on that stage. No, no, I don't have tenure. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Do you know how long it takes to get
1: tenure? A long time, I'm sure, to get to that point.
0: Okay, so if I finish my master's, it's four years to PhD, two years minimum of postdoctoral placements, and then four years as an associate professor then four more years as an assistant professor then four years as a full-time professor and then another two years after that you can probably apply
1: for tenure oh jeez! so you're fucking you're like ready to retire by that point uh you're in your like close to 40s i mean that's just a long time of like living your life in four years of stages of like getting to the next stage of something which I'm not knocking. I'm not knocking those kind of pro- like teacher professions. I think they're they're great, but that's like your whole life is surrounded in, in a school environment, pretty much. I'm sure there's some way to fast track it if you're smart enough. Yeah. But Who knows? Interesting though. Quite. Is that something? Is that something you aspire for? It's the main goal right now, but we'll see.
0: We'll see. I'm sure yeah. I'll get dissuaded at some point. <laughs> Anyways um enough of my ramblings and rants welcome
1: to mythic morons i'm cheney i'm sid we're uh we're into our seventh week now of no yeah what was saying sixth or seventh week i guess because we missed our our last week discussion of wandavision so i'm a bit confused here but um we're, we're recapping episode six so sixth week of wandavision here yeah, three more um, to go yeah this season's sort of flying by now um i, I hope it's just
0: one season it wouldn't make sense if For they did. It be, sad, yeah multiple seasons yeah yeah
1: i yeah I, I kind of i'm getting that vibe too it's more of a mini a one-off sort of mini series yeah which
0: makes more sense because it's kind of like um if i look at the mcu as like the modern day version of the comic book boom where you know the comic book crossovers and then there's the miniseries comic books and the one-off stories like we're sort of getting into that later stage now with these sort of films where they can have like these long-term miniseries one-off stories with established characters
1: yeah so. that's a good comparison it's it's uh kind of a not a standalone because it still connects to the like wider universe whatever but it it's sort of like a long-form comic book run, like kind of like how an arc would play out in that sense where, you know, it's still feeding into a larger narrative, but it, it's functioning as its own story, at least to what we're sort of watching right now. And I know in our last episode, we had some, some criticisms for the um, kind of the way the story is unfolding at this point. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, like just to, I guess, like recap quick on the, the unaired episode discussion but we we were both kind of coming down to the point where the show feels uh a lot more like leaning into its roots of a marvel like family adventure show rather than like the supernatural kind of mystery fringe like twin peaks-esque you know show that like just full on sci-fi questioning everything kind of show yeah um, it's not quite it, taking the risks we thought it would take yeah it yeah it's uh and and those kind of those kind of uh worries i guess that i had kind of played out more in this episode i felt like like you know the aspect that you like certain decisions characters make you're just like you know why would you make those decisions unless they're they're consciously like the writers are consciously writing those characters from the perspective of like the marvel audience like specifically that audience you know um yeah it just it feels like there's a lot of moments where characters say things or do things just to get the audience to like have a specific reaction to that so um yeah i felt like i don't know those issues that i sort of felt like i had in the last episode definitely kind of carried on in this episode um but i will say the throwback elements that is the show just you know constantly presents in every episode I'm I'm I'm. Those are growing on me. I love I love the references and little like Easter eggs and stuff that it that it makes. So it's it's like I'm at the point where I'm having fun with it, but I'm losing my uh, my intrigue. I guess is that, if that's the right word for it. Like my my I don't know. Like that film, like that inner like filmmaking nerd in me that was just like obsessing over aspect ratios in the first couple episodes. Like that, I feel like that part of me is slowly dying out, and just the like visual spectacle side is the one that's sort of taking more ground here
0: Mm -hmm. and i I would agree but there's certain things that are just so glaring to me that are kind of really putting me off um namely pietro um and how they dealt with that situation where (laughs) Again, in our unedited episode, I was like, everything about this episode um, is geared upon how they execute the Pietro Maximov thing. Like, yeah, like how are they going to address how he looks different, how he's just there now, and I don't know. Like, I was kind of underwhelmed with how they dealt with it. It feels like they're just going off of like this is just a normal recast. And like deal with it this is what he looks like now and yeah they acknowledge that he looks different but he has all the same memories he knows all the same things that Wanda would want him to do and a lot of people are saying that's purposeful mm-hmm. as Wanda is able to give people memories give people certain thoughts to play out situations of how she would want to play out and I guess that could be it's the same case for Pietro, but it's still like I don't know. It just feels
1: weird. Yeah, I'm I'm still kind of confused at the point if if this is just a straightforward recast situation or is this a multi-dimensional character swap that we got? You know, because he, like like you said, he sort of reclaims the memories of the the you know original Quicksilver of this marvel universe but there is like there's times where i'm questioning you know is he also like he has this sort of character amnesia about him too where he's like um you know one second i was shot and then i heard your voice or something like that and then i came to you um so that like you know when i was watching that with my sister um she's also a big marvel fan and like a nerd in it in the whole universe so she, she sort of pointed out like that's a direct reference to the age the moment in Age of Ultron when you know he gets shot and died. Spoilers for that movie um, and I, I was thinking like maybe that's that could also play out as a reference to like the last X-Men movie where he's sort of like just kind of gets taken out of the action in the first like 20-30 minutes and was just like you know he was there and now he's not um, so yeah I, I don't know what where they're specifically going with that, maybe that's kind of still the point. But I still felt like they were, in a weird way, they were trying to like, they they were like aware that those questions would be asked, so they they sort of they sort of brought them up, but never answered them to a satisfying kind of point. Yeah, it's they were so, like it's, sidestepping it's answers or like,
0: yeah. In, in today's media, it's like if you. Bring up the the meta narrative within the show, then it seems like, in most cases, in the general population, it seems like it's an excusable. Um, Mm -hmm. It's something that's excusable. Whereas, you know, even in this case, I think it's a little more than that. Because I know other people who aren't like massive Marvel fans, but they know that, like, that's the Fox Quicksilver. Yeah. And while we were watching it, we're like, you know, they have to tell us what's going on. And they didn't. And we're like, what the fuck's going on? Like, why haven't they... Like,
1: they made reference to it. But I'm like, that's not good
0: enough for me. I'm
1: sorry. Yeah, yeah. And I think with this episode two, episode six in particular, there were very, like, specific conversations that Quicksilver has with Wanda. And, you know, the, the, they start to become kind of tension-filled moments where... Um, even Wanda's sort of curious about the whole thing so it lends me to believe that this is not her you know this is not fully her control here because she says like there's something about you that's different like along those lines where she's along with the audience i guess like questioning the nature of this quicksilver and like why does he look different um obviously she's not thinking this is from the fox universe of x-men movies she's just seeing somebody else that's seeing somebody that's calling themselves her brother and it doesn't look like her brother from her perspective. Um, so I like that. I, I find that all interesting and like, I want to give more credit. Like, I want to give the benefit of the doubt to the show at this point because we're still in episode six. So there's still time for them to play up the mystery and then later on, like hopefully there will be a payoff. Um, but if anything it's it's you know hopefully it's a it's a testament to how the mystery is sort of panning but yeah at this point it's like like right now we're talking about the meta narrative meta narrative and i still don't even know what the fuck the main narrative is like every episode it's sort of like it changes changes yeah it it, whatever your conception of antagonist or protagonist were it all goes out the window at the end of the episode so Mm -hmm.
0: And, and like, it, yeah, it, it's it's really confusing because I don't know yeah.
1: if Wanda actually
0: is in control or yeah. if they're gearing up for something else. Like certain parts of the, of, of the story gear her to being some sort of victim of something else. Like there's someone mm-hmm. else working um, some type of magic or manipulating her. And then in other cases, it's like she's straight up just like a fucking lunatic, psycho. Yeah. Um, so which one is it? Um, yeah, I'm waiting can't... for
1: that episode or like that moment that sort of unifies all of our theories and our questions about this. And I feel like for the last three episodes, it's been like the tease of that. Like it gives you some tease of answers or some clarity. And and we haven't gotten the full pie yet. And And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's just building more up to it. But at this point, like I'm hoping for the next episode, at least, you know, there's some kind of a... A unifying piece of information that we get, that just that makes things a little more clear. After this episode, I'm more I'm more in the ground of Wanda is the one and behind everything. And I know I said the complete opposite in the last episode, so it's hard to track my opinions in this show. But it's like it's 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 out there. It's you know every every time it every episode there's a, there's a change in in thought. So it in the end of this episode, you know there's a um basically uh we're leaving off um in the in the in the objective world and you know okay I'll, i just got to say first one thing i'm kind of upset that they're not doing the the aspect ratio changes anymore that they're not visualizing that like that was one of my favorite things about the show was this like scene, I think it's cuz it's
0: the 90s ex- aesthetic this time right? yeah but the, the 90s 2000s. still
1: has the t- yeah it's the 2000s the early 2000s um yeah they're doing the malcolm in the middle era and like specifically riffing on that show which i loved the opening theme song and like the whole aesthetic to this episode was just great um yeah like perfectly recapping the early television eras of our of our youth and i don't know like they still had the opportunity to do that because the 2000s era is all basically full frame and the, you know, the cinematic era we could call it the objective reality is a wide frame like 16 by 9 or not 16 by 9 but um just a wide frame ratio um, so they could have still done it technically but I feel like in the beginning it was almost like a novelty trick like a parlor trick they were just like yeah let's show you the frames change and for the nerds out there they'll find it cool but at, at some point they just like abandoned the idea and that I'm sort of like cheesed with for like maybe I'm the only one I don't know but yeah, I don't know. I don't understand why they dropped that kind of gag. Um, anyways, uh, in this episode, it's sort of continuing the story of... Uh, there's like a fraction in growing in the in the objective reality within the FBI camp or the S.W.O.R.D. camp, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's S.W.O.R.D. and FBI teaming together. But um, uh, Monica Rambo's character, or just Monica Rambo, she's sort of believing... That Wanda is uh, not like the full threat; like she shouldn't be considered the the threat in this situation, and we they should try and help her versus the uh, I I don't know the character's name. They haven't really made him able to stay. Hayward, sorry, Hayward, Hayward. Okay, uh, yeah, Officer Hayward or Detective Hayward, whatever. He is, you know, more kind of treating Wanda as a terrorist, and that going off the. Information that they have and the actions that she's sort of done lead them to believe she's the terrorist. And you know, the more we talked about that, I sort of believe them more that to be in the right than even Monica Rambo. Like you know, just at least with the information they have, it's like yeah, that yeah. sort of makes sense for you to be cautious rather than giving Wanda the benefit of the doubt there.
0: Yeah, and um, it, it makes way more sense like given yeah. who these characters are like and what information they would have to think that wanda would be behind this because you no know, or at least a, to be
1: precautious yeah like the preemptive strike thing is just like yeah. kind of cliche movie bad guy move but yeah it feels so co- cartoonishly like especially in this episode it's like i
0: thought he was yeah. a little over oh the top yeah in it was over episode, the top. And, th- and this time it's like
1: way <laughs>
0: 100 percent. oh maybe it's a good thing your mother died while you were away oh like, my holy shit like, like yeah like, like w- in what world does a does a person like that exist yeah, no, doesn't. He doesn't feel believable anymore. He feels yeah, like that's... he is just um, supposed to tell the audience that Wanda isn't bad. Like Because yeah. he, he's so cartoonishly evil and he thinks so heavily that Wanda is bad that we're supposed to disagree with him and be like, no, wait, Wanda must be good. Mm-hmm. And then when okay. the show reveals that Wanda is actually good, we're going to be like, oh, they are so smart and we're going to clap. Yeah, and this,
1: this guy's wayward is clearly the... Or Hayward or whatever the fuck his name is. Hayward, clearly yeah. the... Yeah, he's clearly an asshole and a bad guy because he was calling her a terrorist. But, like, this is and this is where, like, my problem for the show kind of comes from is that in the last episode and this one especially, it's, like, they've turned characters that had, like, sort of a grounded presence in this situation into like the staple kind of like you put it just this comic booky cartoonish version of themselves that would that would not play out in like how a real world situation play out and you know i I don't want to make my comparisons to the real world but i'm just kind of trying to trying to like make my criticism in a grounded place because the show is trying to take itself seriously at some parts too so it's not like it's just a silly kids show all the way around like it is sort of trying to be serious so at some points it is serious then at some points it's like no you can have monica and her fbi you know teammate just go completely rogue and and just take out like half the fbi inside their camp you know um like when that happens in this episode she just sort of like like there's no scene to to establish that they're turn they're gonna turn on this on hayward and and just sort of go uh, like mission impossible on their whole team Um, yeah out of nowhere they just like they know exactly what to do and they take out the FBI that's opposing them on their opinions and I'm just like this is like you would never do this like if you were the good guys you wouldn't do this and if this was like a serious situation you wouldn't have done this like this is just it was like the one moment in the entire series thus far that's just pulled me out of the show and like I, it made me feel like as an audience, the, the writers don't think I'm intelligent enough mm-hmm. to like follow these characters. As these These three characters evil.
0: feel so strong that Wanda is right and that Wanda is actually not what's behind this. Despite like them having absolutely no information to do so behind Rambo's like her being in her head being like she's in
1: pain. Okay, that could mean a yeah. million different right. things. rambo's like entire justification was like oh she wanted her there for her her for wanda giving birth so that means she cared for her or like it's like what no what are you a psychologist or a psychiatrist like Mm -hmm. no right and then so they believe so strong that they're
0: willing to like literally attack fbi and sword agents and throw them into shipping containers and risk like being thrown into jail risk everything yeah Risk risk everything for this
1: yeah, and yeah, maybe, you know, maybe that does work in a two-hour film in the third act in, like, the ninth hour of the fucking movie, but in a TV show where that's, like, the second, like, the second thing that happens in this episode, uh, I don't know if it's a problem of they just didn't build up these characters, like, in that kind of a direction, and they sort of pulled this 180, or if it's just, it like, at the end of the day, it felt cheap, it felt like a really kind of... yeah. And the entire uh, episode, Ms. I
0: could, I was always just sitting back and, and thinking in the back of my head, like, why haven't they been caught yet? Right. Like, how long have they been they've been working on this? How are they yeah, just like how able small to access like all this information?
1: Yeah, like they're just they're sitting in a tent like with all this unguarded computer monitors and like valid like valuable information just unguarded, like carrying out the entire side operation, on, like for the entire episode essentially until Darcy gets caught. Um, but. Yeah, it's, this is the one thing in the show that's happened that's just, like, made me feel like, okay, this is a, like, this is not a show that's... I don't know. It just makes me feel like the show's more aimed for kids rather than a general audience or an adult mm-hmm. audience. It makes it makes you want to, like, sort of be like, yeah, come on. like We're as much of a Marvel fan as I am. I want to see things that make logical sense, that mm-hmm. like, have, like, character driven uh consequences and uh, you know just things like that but um i i think like you you pointed something out where it's short it sort of shows something like a weakness to the characters ideologies uh and i i think that's an that's an area where the show can like have this redemption kind of quality where you can still make a commentary that you know characters are protagonists as well-intentioned as they are their judgments can be flawed and i'm still in the camp believing wanda will completely flip by the end of this like show like whether she's a confused antagonist right now like she will be by the end of this show like she will be bad like bad or worse than the state of mind she's in right now so it would be interesting for me to like or as just an audience to see the three agent characters um darcy jimmy woo and darcy um monica to realize like they were wrong in trying to rescue her and maybe the the other tactic was the right tactic the other guy was had a better approach into dealing with this like i don't know um that would be the only thing at this point that could give me some redemption for those characters otherwise they seem just like you put it the best just very cartoony coming off in this episode
0: yeah it's
1: it's weird it's
0: just, and I'm looking at the ratings and like that. The this last episode is the highest rated episode.
1: Yeah, I I saw like Twitter blow up the night this came out. And was like, this is a ten out of ten television episode. Or I was like, you could call it like I'll buy you calling this a ten out of ten Marvel episode. Something I still wouldn't agree with. But like for God's sake, don't call this ten out of ten TV. Like no. we've seen ten out of ten TV before, and like you know it. This it, this isn't it, This Yeah, exactly. This is um.
0: I don't know this this episode just frustrated me I don't
1: yeah know it... yeah i I'm, I'm trying to be objective here and not be like you know i've I've used my my fan tone a lot while discussing the show, and even that side of me doesn't like have a strong opinion just because the just the kind of like silliness or just the kind of like yeah I don't know like just the dramatic shift in like tone kind of that this episode and like the last one kind of went to um yeah i don't know it took me out of that that seriousness or that just that sense of maturity that i felt like the show kind of had in the beginning Mm -hmm. yeah exactly
0: i i thought marvel was gonna like yeah show something a little different yeah which they did kind of but like go out of their box like
1: like comfort zone yeah you
0: think they'd go out of their comfort zone a bit put their heroes down a notch you know show them for like for who they really are like show them
1: how they can change as people Mm -hmm. um
0: but or how they can be
1: wrong how good guys can be wrong sometimes Mm -hmm. you know i think that's an that's an important character element like not just that you show the good deeds of a of a of a character and, and shine those out but to show character flaws and and just kind of flesh out somebody's ideology i think that's something that is in marvel movies but not to the extent where you could really compare them to other movies or tv shows like on a a grander scale and i think this is like you know martin scorsese has had this controversial opinion about marvel movies saying they're not cinema and they're sort of like these amusement park roller coaster rides and i'm more inclined to believe him in the sense that i feel like these movies are less truthful when it comes to like capturing the human experience which is something that cinema is like when you think cinema you think like International movies, like not just Hollywood, but like independent films, films that are made like all over the world, films that are trying to say something that have you know not about the money they make, not about the cast that they have, but more about the story or the message. Mm-hmm. Um, and those sort of cinematic experiences aren't just about showing heroes or good people, but even when it comes to their heroes or good people, um, cinema can you know show the dark dark side the darkness the um the uh the flaws the depth of human beings Mm -hmm. and i sort of understand scorsese's criticism when it comes to marvel because it's like it's rare if not very little you get to see that spectrum that sort of range of humanity coming out in these sort of stories it's more or less this sugar-coated optimistic kind of version of that which is you know I'm totally cool with that, but Yeah. yeah. Here's you know here's, what what, here's why I never really got into
0: Marvel. Um and then this was just me my roommates were watching um they're going through all the Marvel movies in chronological order right now and I'm just sort of passing by hmm. and watching over their shoulder and I was watching Age of Ultron with them and I and I was just like, This movie is nothing but a commercial for their future movies. Right. And they're like stuck in this loop where their movies are commercials for the future movies and those those future movies are commercials for future movies. And there's a few exceptions that I find um, are the ones that I like the most. Like, I don't know, the early ones like Iron Man um, mm-hmm. and Captain America, um, The Winter Soldier. I felt like that was a pretty contained story. But uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, a pretty contained story. It didn't like do anything crazy for setups and, and, and advertising yeah. for future movies and those are the ones i like the most and, and it felt like wandavision was going to be something like that but yeah, the more yeah. i read into it the more it just seems like it's being placed and it's being made as a means to um forward and put in the
1: forefront future projects rather than letting it breathe on its own yeah i think i yeah I, i'm i'm more inclined to believe that kind of opinion that's uh and that's unfortunate you know i was hoping the same thing as you which was that hoping that this show is more something along the lines of a winter soldier or a guardians of the galaxy that was like superhero movies yes marvel movies yes but kind of individually carved their own spaces in this genre to to be more than just superhero or just marvel studios movies they they had a uh you know they had a real like different tone and a voice to them that I, I, yeah, I, my whole hope for this next phase of Marvel, like this phase four was just that was like, let filmmakers kind of tell unique stories like James Gunn did with guardians with like the Russo's brothers did with the um, winter soldier. And, you know, let the tone of Marvel become more diverse. Let the movies feel different from each other and the shows feel different um, rather than that same like just the same palette like I feel like most of Marvel Studios are like are Marvel's uh, the movies and shows that they produce um, at least this being the first show that we're seeing but I feel like when it comes to their characters the style of humor the style of filmmaking it feels like the palette that they use you know like that set of tools that they're relying on it almost feel like it just carries on from one movie to the next as much as they say you know This movie is completely different. This has its own blah, blah, blah. Like just certain tropes are always kind of carried on. And yeah, my hope is that like, you know, it's not too late to even hope out of this show that it just kind of, again, we'll say it subverts those expectations Um, that just has that self-awareness that this genre that they've developed for like a decade is at the point of being you know you're at the point of stepping on your own toes at this point um or at least i mean like marvel is that they don't want to run the the same course tell cliche stories kind of from their own template um so yeah i think like i think a saving grace of the show could just be like and i'm being kind of maybe sounding unfair saying a saving grace like that i think the show is still a fun show and it's still good like has very good points to it which i'll still get into but something that could change my opinion about the show is showing how the non-superpowered characters like as much as they're trying to be heroes like where are they they're somewhere along they're falling short how could they be falling short you know like something like if their storyline took that sort of a turn um i think that could be an interesting avenue but what what are some things about episode six that you liked about this halloween uh early 2000s sitcom so um the
0: aesthetic mostly um yeah that was just the thing that i enjoyed the most i i i feel like that's where most of the enjoyment or most of the like initial like hype and ratings come from it's just like the aesthetic mm-hmm. of this movie and the majority of the people that are watching this and tweeting about it have grown up in this generation so there's obviously some sort of bias towards that but like it, it is what it is like it, they've they fucking nailed it with the aesthetic yeah um I really enjoyed Vision's little adventure on his own. Um mm. there's something I don't know about that. It, it's like yeah. the the mystery is sort of unraveling slowly but surely. Um and I like Vision as our sort of step-in character for discovering what's going on cuz Wanda I think knows what's going on.
1: Yeah, she, It seems like she's letting, she's playing dumb a little bit, um, for the cameras here. Then it makes she, that, it The makes cameras sense that for she knows Vision about to, to to be that stand in because he technically yeah doesn't remember anything. Yeah, he's he's a, yeah, a new I, person now. I'm finding like as an audience, I'm finding myself relate more to Vision as my eyes and ears into this world rather than like Darcy or Jimmy Woo or, um, or Monica you know to me they seem way more like just like side characters in this in the show and Vision is as much as Wanda a a star here and, and you know less of a protagonist but more of the of the guide sort of kind of holding the questions that we have um, and yeah that that was my favorite part of this episode was just his side quest sort of trying to find answers and then getting to the point of crossing that barrier and then seeing that okay, he's like the ma- there's like a magic keeping him alive that's attached to this place and if he leaves this place he's gonna die. Or like that's kind of the implication. Um that was all great. Like I'm I'm that kinda pushes the story further in 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 more ways than this show than anything else we sort of see. Um Yeah trying to think what else um the costumes the costumes were great in this episode just like throw back to the comics with everybody's costumes uh elizabeth olsen she's just a gem can't (laughs) say anything else about that right (laughs) (laughs) i see keep the show pg (laughs) yeah quite uh i'm surprised
0: vision was able to wear those basketball shorts without uh well i guess he doesn't have one because he's a robot never mind we've already seen him naked in age of Ultron. What? What are you
1: talking about? <laughs> <laughs> My dick reference for the week. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, you are hoping to see a little, a little more than than the basketball shorts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, other than that,
0: uh, it was just. I I understand like this action. This episode, in sp- like particular, is a reference to a comic, to, the WandaVision comic, that it. Could, yeah. Um. Yeah. Where they had. Um, a Halloween adventure where the 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 kids dressing up actually turned into the monsters that they were dressed up as, and they had to fight mm. them, which didn't happen, which would have been cool. But um, I don't know. The, I, to be honest, most of this episode was just forgettable.
1: It was like it was the, it was. This seemed almost like a bit of a filler episode. Yeah. Until the very very end, where something happened. Um. Yeah. For the most, and which is disappointing, because I was like, I was super hyped that this is like riffing on, like the era of television that we really grew up with, that that kind of sitcom era, and aesthetic, and even like down to the the, the in universe commercial that they played the stop motion, kid on the island, and it's a, it's a literally it's a yogurt commercial in stop motion. I'm like, how on the nose can you get that? I all I remember from the YTV days was stop motion commercials and yogurt commercials. Yes. hundred percent. Like those. Yeah. You know, those were that hit, that hit right on the money there. Do you see so, the theory about each yeah, one I of these commercials that. representing an infinity stone? Uh, I didn't see that. I, I, I wasn't aware of the infinity stone theory, but I, I did have my own belief about it that like the, it's for me, it's like the taglines have some reference to, uh to something that's a, that's about it that's all my theory consists of so it's not a theory at all but no i i didn't i didn't hear the Infinity i forget stone the
0: hand. specifics but i know like the watch represents the time stone there is that like bounty commercial where they used like red liquid to suck up and that yep. represents like the ether um for the soap commercial the soap box looked like the tesseract um Oh, I don't know I can't name them all but like each one of them represents some type some of aspect. Infinity yeah. Stone there's some theory surrounding like because Wanda sort of created this mini-verse mm-hmm. that there's gonna be some type of Infinity Stone action going on because yeah, with, I, with reality I could buy that just, yeah.
1: I could buy that I could buy like that like something related to that being the case Um, I also think it's something that it it's like the the giveaway is always the kind of tagline to the commercials um like that always references some past marvel event or it's kind of like a tongue-in-cheek reference to something in the marvel cinematic universe so i'm and i'm trying to piece that together to like okay if this was like wanda's subconscious sort of speaking like what would this mean and i still don't have anything really like i don't understand what this could reference more than really just being for fans to be like ah, i I, kind of guess what this means or yeah i don't know i really don't know how this will play into the the overarching story like will some villain just pop out and be like you see those commercials that was confusing everybody and they're like yeah what the fuck was about that yeah no i don't know um yeah this episode just leaves me more confused Mm -hmm. than any than any other part of the season confused Um, conflicted yeah confused and conflicted I, I, i gotta say my favorite part of this episode i think i said already but the vision everything with vision um like just uh the the kind of detective uh intrigue aspect it had to it i liked sort of just seeing more of his own autonomy makes me question like how is this even possible you know how is he back and alive, and what's holding him trapped here? Um, even how it was like how he was shot, sort of talking to Agnes and wandering through the streets. It it had this very uh, like like the show is sort of teetering on the horror elements, and I was getting that from this from his moments in this episode. Just the. Uh, yeah, more more horror and mystery kind of coming through there. Mm-hmm. It, I
0: oh, I I looked at something where like Agnes is actually some character, some um, psychic character. Uh, hold on.
1: Uh, yeah, this is what confused me about her in this episode. That she seems like. Uh, she's a part of everybody in this town yeah uh sort of falling into the will of everybody but then so there's a
0: there's a character she's also smarter than the rest another yeah. witch character in the marvel comics called agatha Hark- harkness i just forgot the name i knew it was um sort of like her name expanded mm-hmm. if you like shrink yeah. down agatha
1: harkness you get agnes so, yeah, I was I was trying to talk about this like a week or two ago, but I completely butchered it because I didn't remember her comic book thing. But it's good that you're bringing it up because I think it ties into that too. So yeah, and she was wearing a witch costume, so it's kind of and like, she was yeah very on the nose there.
0: So it's like she helped expand the Scarlet Witch's powers in the comics, mm-hmm. and if that's the case, she might be somewhat important. That's uh, that that sort of maybe facilitated the whole situation that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's interesting. And another interesting thing is that apparently Monica Rambeau is actually a superhero. Like from the comics, is this from the comics. Okay. Yeah. Uh. Uh, called Photon. Hmm. Who's like? A, a, like a. Uh, not a sidekick, but like, um, and it, like a side character to Captain Marvel's sort of sector of yeah. the Marvel Universe.
1: Yeah, they were they were kind of giving reference, like, possible Easter eggs into her character, like being connected to Captain Marvel in some way. Like, and I I didn't understand what that could have been, but
0: yeah, yeah her, I her don't know. mother, her mother's, yeah, like her mother was Captain Marvel's best friend.
1: Yeah, and but. Yeah, I'd, I'd, so I'm wondering—is that how is that going to play off of the show? If if she's going to come out with like well, superpowers what or something? With well, one of Photon's
0: power sets is being able to like change her appearance, so mm. that's kind of what she already did going in and out of the hex, mm-hmm. and then also being able to fly and like shoot light. Um, so there's some theory that when she got pushed out with Wanda's powers, she sort of is is starting the transformation process to becoming Photon because they even re- made reference like none of her cells are the same anymore. Yeah, true. So that's where I think that's going. And again, like, hearkening back to my point about this show ended up just being a commercial for future projects is that Photon's going to be the next Captain Marvel movie.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. that's That almost seems like it's exactly what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, good, good technical work there, Cheney. That, that's impressive. That's us connecting the dots, almost like we're fucking figuring shit out. Yeah. Until the next episode airs and they're like, psych, psych. That's the rule. But yeah. But apparently everybody's
0: a, a character. So.
1: Yeah. No, that's a good point though. I I I wanted to believe the same thing that like, okay, Agnes is somewhat involved in this uh, deception, and. It feels like, to me, like, this is all her game. for, And I just can't understand what kind of game this is. Like, if she's the one bringing Wanda into this world, like, to have this fantasy, she says, Wanda, come here and live this fantasy. Mm-hmm. Bring back Vision, bring back the love of your life, and I'll b- help you brainwash everybody here, right? If that's the case, then why would she, like, tell Vision the truth of it I, so that he can be fully self-aware and, like... I feel like it's... She
0: um her her initial intentions weren't as massive as what wanda was actually capable of and then once wanda like sort of got out of control she kind of like fell into her own trap if that makes sense okay like so so um agnes helped like ala the comics helped scarlet witch expand her powers but Her powers were far beyond what Agnes could possibly even comprehend. And Agnes just ended up getting caught up in whatever Wanda was able to do. Whether that was on purpose or accidental.
1: Yeah. Hmm. And I feel like that would make you want to, like, sympathize with her a little more. Like, so she's not a villain type of a bad character, but she's actually a a victim of circumstance. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. You can Uh, kind of think of Wanda as, as, like, a natural disaster, which is... Ooh. I don't so know if they'll go doing, that way. I still feel the like climate, they're gonna, Yeah, they're doing a climate change analogy or something? Yeah, yeah, I yeah.
0: Know. No. I, I no. feel like they they got plenty of those lined up. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I i feel like um, they're still going to go with, like, if there's a main villain. So.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, on top of every like, there's a Darker Force out there. I'm still trying to believe that, too. But, oh, yeah, at the end who, of this episode... Yeah, I forget who they were thinking of. I know one...
0: Person they talked about. I never heard of this villain in my life, but apparently his name's Nightmare, which is the most fucking cliche villain name ever. Yeah, but Nightmare is like a Doctor Strange villain, and I know this is supposed to help lead into Doctor Strange's new movie somehow.
1: I'll, again, this being dropped, a giant
0: advertisement.
1: They also name uh, name dropped the Nightmare, just the word. But I, I I know that probably tickled people's uh, tickled people's ears a little bit, just to hear that people are thinking that's a easter egg for the villain right oh, yeah. there Plenty which it could be for the next essays and blogs were just, immediately
0: started being oh written for sure as soon as nightmare was as soon as the word oh, nightmare was said as soon
1: as it breathed. The, the easter egg that i fucking attached on to that I, I i'm you know i'm sure other people did too i don't want to be like the only one that heard this but i'm surprised this isn't the more more popular trending discussion is that they like completely reference the the fact that both Evan Peters and Aaron Taylor Johnson, both actors who play Quicksilver in superhero movies and Marvel movies are also in the kick-ass movie when they were, you know, young, younger actors. Um, and they sort of reference that in this show. You know, I missed that. that?
0: I missed that. Oh,
1: yeah. She's like, she's talking to, uh, so Wanda's talking to Quicksilver um, and he says like something kick-ass like that would be kick-ass uh talking about i don't know something halloween related and she just put pa- like wanda pauses there and just says kick-ass and almost like like didn't look at the camera but was like almost like breaking the fourth wall when she said it and it was like just like uh yeah just a just a reference to kick-ass pretty cool fucking meta take there mm-hmm. no no that's funny yeah. at least they're having fun yeah i'm like okay this this makes me know like you guys are fans you you guys are fans of, of popular culture good to know um good to know that people watch other movies oh, but, i haven't seen kickass in a minute yeah those are good movies man even the second one which was like a little less popular but like damn like that's a that's a missed era of superhero movies yeah Just, yeah it really is um yeah, but this, I don't know how much more I have to say about it. I think I gave my critical take and, like, just, I, yeah, everything I enjoyed about it, I think, comes down to the surface level aesthetics of it, which is not like, it's not to say much, you know, I'm expecting a little more at this point. Um, but I definitely did enjoy the Halloween aspect of this, of this episode, the, uh, the, the vibe of it, the character's costumes, especially, especially Wanda's. Um, yeah i'm i'm I'm, how do you liking evan peters in the show i mean i'm liking him i'm liking how he fits in sort of as the as the cool uncle character and he's just like plays a very chill plays a very evan peters i want to know how evan peters plays
0: quicksilver outside of the mind control situation like, right. is he going to try to be, like, the Marvel one? Right. Or is he going to do yeah. his own thing again? It's weird. It's weird seeing it's him gonna, using like, his Quicksilver his powers, not, like, in the X-Men universe.
1: Oh, that's good point. Yeah, that's something I was, like, on my rewatch of this, I was, like, ah uh-huh. I, I I clued into them. Like, they just substituted the visual powers. I, I My favorite thing about the X-Men, like, Days of Future Past, is Quicksilver and, like, how they visualize the slow motion thing. So I'm, like, that's a very selective like choice there. like that's a very on purpose choice that they made. So even like I, I don't like I don't know. maybe it's just like part of the the process of watching this show makes you want to read into everything. like I'm trying not to, but I yeah, that's a good thing that you brought up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, is that something that we read into, or is that just like no, it's yeah, not really, no. I don't know overall, exactly. this episode
0: gave me a headache in terms of story, but um obviously the aesthetics and the acting and a bunch of other stuff mostly just involving vision i enjoyed yep. but like again uh i need these next three episodes to be something
1: yeah i feel like my like now what i'm waiting for is literally the moment that they step out of this this universe that wand created like the conclusion to all of this is now what i'm i'm like really thirsty to see um how does quicksilver react to waking up in this like if it if it is what we're thinking if it is fox version quicksilver popping into this universe like i've room i would be like i would love to see him lose his mind at that happening if he if he's given that information that professor xavier wolverine all those guys they don't exist mm-hmm. or at least they don't we don't know about them in this universe Here's the and he's sort of just like out. what the fuck i yeah. thought when they got the
0: x-men license that they weren't just gonna like merge the universes
1: I, yeah, f- I, th- I, I felt like they were like that. just
0: gonna like okay we have these characters now let's slowly introduce mutants and yeah. have characters that are mutants mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and turns out no
1: I feel like they're just gonna rob people from the other I'm kind of and put it into this one I'm kind I'll say this and this might be a bit contra- like a bit of a um, I don't know I don't know how people might take it, it might be an opinion it is an opinion but uh, whatever it I feel like it's kind of sick that in the in the minds of the audience those universes can like actually they can live on we might not necessarily see the sequel to them but the stories exist somewhere and this is what I mean by that Sam Raimi Spider-Man we never saw the third one or sorry we never saw the fourth one but that's not to say it, within that universe within those that world of movies that there was never more Spider-Man stuff going on so with Marvel like potentially toying with this multiverse idea um you know fantastic four is also coming into the cinematic universe x-men would be the next best like the safest bet to think that they're definitely going to do that um the spider-mans like all of them might be coming to the next spider-man movie um i i like the idea to think that this is like the merging of these universes also implies to some degree that that some kind of like calamity has to occur like some sort of in-story reasoning has to be behind this um that just that does co-join all these worlds together and what could that be like what like the storytelling possibilities of that the implications are are kind of what excite me so if it's just a matter of oh we, we have the property and we're now just tacking it on together and there's not really much thought or like ideas given into like what what are the implications of this or what are what's the context behind this then I would be disappointed but knowing marvel and like their creative team is pretty solid um I'm thinking like it, it, it makes for a really like interesting story if you like just if you think about like DC comics have done this a bunch and um even even Marvel comics if you think of like civil war or uh, secret war sorry secret wars is what I meant to say um they're even making a show from that surprisingly but um, just the idea of bringing in characters from different aspects of this large universe and throwing them into one pit and seeing like how would they interact, um, I think it's something that's it's not an alien idea to comics. Uh, comics have played for, with these kind of things for like decades, so yeah, I think it's like a matter of time. And just it's cool to see cinematically just one version of a character we might have seen a couple of years ago in a different world and see that character still live on you know I don't know I, I'm, I'm hopeful to think that they have a story behind that that's a very romantic way of putting
0: it but I feel like it's just that they're lazy and that's a good way to make money
1: I'm sure like money is like a big motivation it's, <laughs> for,
0: really, for it's a man.
1: really lazy way yeah, of sure, getting
0: people but into the like, you took I've all never this seen... work from
1: previous movies and i you know, just be like oh it's actually part of our stuff now too I've never seen Marvel Studios in particular, like Kevin Feige being the head of that whole creative team. I've never seen the decisions they made as being lazy decisions. I've always seen like the movies and the structure of how their movies come out and all that that sort of thing. I've always seen it to be very calculated. Like incredibly calculated decisions. Storytelling decisions and um even to like criticism that we have, which is like this show could just end up being a commercial for the next movie which even if it is the case it's a billion dollar commercial uh that will generate billions of dollars um it will still it you know it's given us this much discussion it will continue to get people to talk so in many ways it might be a success for what they wanted it to do um so i think i don't think they're just stumbling on these things and being like let's throw that in there i think they i think they definitely consider like everything and are curating their characters and contents specifically for what these shows are uh what the movies are less so like what i mean by that is they might have this four-year structure of like what story they want to tell Mm -hmm. and are playing to the tune of that overarching structure rather than the movie or the singular show um that we might be watching so yeah it just
0: feels like it's they're digging up the graves of something that should be left to rest, and as Vision put in Age of Ultron, things aren't beautiful because they last. So I'd I'd rather the Raimi movies like remain untouched by the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I want that little pocket of Spider Man to be there for me whenever I need, and not have to think about how it's connected to
1: everything else. Um, but see that like I'm just playing the other side to that because I I like this argument. I like this discussion because uh, I I am fitting. I'm finding myself on the other side. Like I feel like what you want can still exist. The Raimi movies, as they stand, can still stand the way they exist. The cool thing is that, like ten years after the fact that that trilogy has ended, we can still see Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man, and maybe he's not the same Spider-Man as you know, two thousand six, fucking Spider-Man three. Maybe he is much darker now. Like I was watching the um, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies the other day. Just actually, just the second one. Not I didn't watch the first one. I watched uh, the Amazing Spider-Man two. And that's a movie when I was like 15 years old when that movie came out. I didn't like it. I thought, okay, like they they're trying to do like this super grounded, like pretty much trying to do the Dark Knight onto the Spider Man and just give this kind of just this edgy teenager movie. And it is that. It's a lot of things, but what it nails, I think, is like this this like dark side of Peter Parker. Um, There's just more of an adult side to him. this more like angsty teenagery, but like he's contemplating ideas of like who he is as a man and who he's becoming um just like mature spider-man themes that like like virtually inexistent in these modern day tom hall and spider-man movies um so one i think there's a place for all these stories to exist but also it makes me think like okay if this version of the character comes back like that's an opportunity to see a version of Peter Parker and Spider-Man that's, like, very different than something we saw in the past. It can... For the fans of those movies, it can kind of just continue that story for them and for, like, for everybody else, it's just a matter of showing you, well, here's another take of Spider-Man. Here's something else the character can be. Um, so, yeah, for, for... Like, for me, I don't know. I never, I never, like... I'm not, I'm not overly romantic about the early 2000s movies like these superhero movies are like are having things from the past to like be untouchable like i'm very open to the idea of them wanting to reach back into their pot of gold and picking things out from there and, and repurposing them like if they do it tastefully if, if it's done with class and it's sort of it's given a good reason to exist all um, Hollywood has shown us so far
0: is that they don't do it with class or grace. On very rare occasions do they do, like with Blade Runner 2049. But as far as like the Terminator series, the Predator series, the Alien series, the Robocop series, everything sure, sure. I would, so far I would agree has that. been a dead. Yeah. And they don't yeah. treat it with respect. They try to cash in for the nostalgia trip that it is and then mm. get out.
1: Uh, And yeah, I would. I would like. That's a fair point. And the only thing I would say is like that makes me believe different is uh, like honestly, whoever like the creative team behind it. It's like the guy Kevin Feige who has been a producer on all these movies. Um, If he was a company like in and of himself with an IPO like a stock, like I would invest in that man um, and his ideas. Like I think having one mind at least be the guiding force behind that team and like a a kind of a singular voice to be like, okay, this is right and this is wrong and you know that's what all those other things were missing um yeah I have more faith in in the people behind those in these projects you know maybe maybe blind faith, but as a as a fan just like just as a pure fan I'm speaking, like they haven't really let me down um from Iron Man One to Avengers Endgame Uh, 10 years long of films like there's never been one moment where i've thought like okay like this is really bad for superhero movies or the genre or like comic book genre like there's never been one point i thought like this is now campy you know i've always i've whenever i've thought those things it's when like movies or franchises try to replicate what marvel has done but yeah i might be sounding like coming up like a complete fanboy but it's honestly like the truth of it is like for fans like they really have figured out this formula um for better or worse of like how to how to give away stories how to tell stories so i'm yeah i I just invest myself i invest my trust in them and in that they'll produce more good stories for the for the fans for the for the people rather than for the money that's what you want to believe i guess just said for anything that you know we buy into but
0: I guess the only benefit I would see is that once they get through using up those past movies for the nostalgia trip, then they'll run out of nostalgia because they've already blasted through the 70s. They've already blasted through the 80s. They've already blasted through the 90s. Now they're going to rip through the 2000s like no one cares. And then they're going to run out of nostalgia. Then people are actually going to have to figure out how to make something
1: new and exciting for once. Yeah. So that's... And that'll be an exciting time. Yeah. That'll it's like it's uh like that what what you you, the criticism you brought up like that's i feel like that sticks perfectly well with something like star wars with like something like the sequel trilogy that just came out you know and just kind of completed capped off the the saga um i feel like that's that's a warranted feeling like worried to have after something like episode seven eight and nine where you're specifically bringing things back from the past um like not in the context of the story, but in the context of reboot and franchise and stardom and money and more cosmetic and surface level things. Um I've, and and yeah, I I feel like what difference between that and like what Marvel Studios at least is today, is that like Marvel has somebody like Kevin Feige who is from what my belief is, from what I've seen, is somebody who centers himself around what fans want or the fans at least um and yeah less around the less around the money maybe the hollywood aspect of it i don't know that's just that's the impression i get i don't know if i'm right or wrong about that but yeah i think and that's something that i feel like is definitely missing out of hollywood franchises in general um there's a reason not that that the whole cinematic universe thing didn't work out for like universal monsters they wanted to do that DC. it just didn't work out for those other guys um, yeah anyways yeah um, I think I think that's all our, I have to yeah to our
0: WandaVision episode six review <laughs> kind of got into a heated debate at the end there well always good to always good to debate with you Cheney. yes clearly um, well make sure to check us out on social media at uh, Mythic Morons on YouTube Instagram Twitter um, and to give us a rating on whatever you listen to um, with regards to your podcast listening device whether that's like Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, just give us a rating help us out, help us grow um, and we enjoy people listening to us, so thanks for tuning in, and this is Chaney signing off yeah,
1: see you in the next uh, WandaVision discussion, and also we're planning to talk uh, talk some more Chris Nolan movies yes, Chris Nolan Beginning movies with the- Yes, possibly we, our long awaited uh, oh. uh dunkirk discussion should be coming up next week i've
0: only i've um, seen that movie in theaters and i was
1: like wow yeah wow i, I can't wait to. oh so you that. only 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 the one time in theaters okay yeah okay so cool we'll we'll have a good discussion then for that mm-hmm. um yeah that's that's a good that's a one of the more interesting ones on rewatch i'll say so hopefully you got some good takes coming out of a rewatch for that one. Yep. I think
0: it's, it's it's it would be cool because it's like not a typical Chris Nolan movie. And I think there's a lot of insight yeah. into that. Yeah. Into a different side of it. So. For sure. Alright. Anyways. Dunkirk coming up. Uh, WandaVision continuing. Peace out. Peace.